I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. Well, it's hard to believe, but we are entering the 21st section of this great uh, chapter. And it is the 21st letter of the Hebrew alphabet, of which there's one more letter, one more section. And we will have completed the Word of God chapter, 176 verses, of which 172 have a synonym for the Word of God. And we're coming into a section here where he's going to speak to God, but he's not going to be in the mode of that we've seen with quicken me and I plead for me and deliver me. Uh, he's going to really deal with the persecution that he's going through and talk about some things. So I've titled this particular section uh, Praising and uh, the great peace and praising that we have in the times of persecution. The, the peace and praise that we can have in times of persecution. And it starts out in verse 161 with the persecuted. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. So he starts off this section now dealing with people who are higher up in authority, head people, people that would be governors and generals and heads of uh, high-ranking places in not just the government, but also in the areas of maybe the military. So he said, these people, these rulers have persecuted me without a cause. They have no reason to do so. They have hostile intent. They pursue me with hostility, and yet they do so without a cause. There is no reason for them to do it. There's no purpose. It's vain. And there's a lot of chasing of God's people in the Word of God. The children of Israel found themselves being put to flight at times. Sometimes uh, the enemy came in and uh, they were put out. Sometimes it's because God had to judge them and get them back to where they needed to be that he allowed the enemy to come in. But there were times that the enemy would come in and they would turn around and God would give them the ability to overcome and turn it around. But they were always that way. And there was always uh, lots of wars going on. In fact, uh, David, uh, you read about David's life and he will say in, the, in his life, uh, Lord, should I go up or should I not? And the Lord would tell him, yep, go up and you'll defeat the Philistines. Or no, I got a different plan, do this. And then that plan would work. But they were constantly uh, at war. And then you get to the divided kingdom, and you get to uh, Israel and Judah, and they're making affinities with people. They're aligning themselves with different uh, 
places of the world uh, like Assyria. And, uh, you know, they just should have stayed with God. And if they'd have stuck with God, they'd have been okay, but they didn't do it. And so now he says, hey, listen, princes have persecuted me, and they had no reason to. But he said, Lord, I just want you to know that though I'm persecuted, uh, and, and it's hurtful, and I've said some things about my being afflicted, I just want you to know my heart standeth in awe of thy word. And that word standeth in awe is the idea of to be startled or trembled. It, it, it's to be awestruck with that, that, that word fear that grips you. It's, a, it's not that it's a paralyzing fear, but it's a fear that grips because he said, I looked at what they're doing and I do not want to disobey your word. So I stand in awe of it. I keep myself where I am so that I do not let your word slip. I do not want the word of God to become null and void in my life. I don't want to lay it down. They say that uh, the first thing that goes when you start to backslide away from God is you stop reading your Bible. You'll still pray, uh, but there'll be wimpier prayers. And you'll still uh, throw a prayer up here or there. But you, you stop reading the word and you stop hearing the God of the word coming off the pages you stop being reminded of his goodness his grace his mercy his love and also his chastisements and convictions his commandments and precepts and statutes and judgments they're all there everything you need and he didn't want to go that route he did not want to have that cloud to come over him they say the second thing to go then would be your prayer life and uh then you stop going to church and before long you've gotten so far away and man we don't want to do that we don't want to get far away from god he said listen i'm being persecuted but i stand in awe of your word i let your word keep me in check i i fear violating your word and i have an awestruckness of your word and i'm going to stay in your word and i have a respect for your word and you and your word trumps all other words there are no others but then he turns it around and he says uh, so what I'm going to do even though I'm persecuted is I'm going to rejoice and he does that but the, the, I use the term praising in verse 162 praising he said I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil he said man I'm in awe of your word, but not only that, I rejoice in your word. I brighten up. I mean, my, my entire demeanor changes. I'm excited. I exalt that word. It is a rejoicing to me to have the word of God. I rejoice with joy to have your word. And I'll tell you what, thank God for a rejoicing at the word of God. Imagine what would happen if you didn't have it. What if you didn't know what God wanted you to do? What if you were saved and you didn't have a clue how you were supposed to live? But he gives us all those things, and so he rejoices immensely in his word. Not only does he rejoice uh, in that, in praise, but then in verse 164, seven times a day, do I praise thee 
because of thy righteous judgments. Now I'm going to use that in the next section as well because it fits both sections. But this is a section of praise. He said, I make it a point to praise thee a whole lot. And we'll deal with that term seven times when we get down there. But I wanted you to see it. He is at praise. He's persecuted, but it's not bringing panic. He's persecuted, but he's not letting the pain get to him. He is bringing it out into praise. And he said, I rejoice at your word as one that findeth great spoil. As someone who's gone around and found a whole bunch of stuff. You know, when I think about that, I think about, uh, I think about some fellas that were lepers and they ended up in a camp where there was all kinds of things but no people over in second kings chapter number seven verse number three it says there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate and they said one to another why sit we here until we die if we say we will enter into the city then the famine is in the city and we'll die there and if we sit still here we die also now therefore come let us fall into the host of the Syrians. Okay, I guess that would be our ideal. <laughs> this is what their thinking was. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come to us wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses even the camp as it was and fled for their life and when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp they went into one tent and did eat and drink carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went in and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it then they got a little sense of conviction and they said one to another, we do not well this day. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came, and they called unto the porter of the city, and they told him, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians. And behold, there was no man there, and they told him all the things that were going on. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. They found a spoil, and they were excited about it. They were digging in and enjoying it. But then they realized, wait a minute, there's a whole city that needs this too. And I can't, we just can't do this. We need to tell them about this great spoil. And the king, if you read the story, the king thinks, okay, it's a trap. It's a trick. So he sends a special envoy, and finally they find out there's this great spoil, and they're able to eat. God took care of them because you saw the Lord caused them to think that there was a whole bunch coming after them. And so he said, I rejoice at your word. When I look at your word, I look at it as though I found this great, bountiful spoil that came out of nowhere. That's the way I look at it when I look at your word. When I see you in the word, when I read about you in the word, when I get into your word and all the wonderful things of my wonderful Lord, I look at it like I just gotten the greatest bunch of stuff I've ever stumbled across in my life. I praise you. I rejoice at your word seven times a day. I praise you. Then in verse 163 and 164, he says, I hate and abhor, abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Here we see that the persecuted is praising, but he is also passionate. The psalmist here is very, very passionate, and he's passionate in several things. Number one, 
he's passionate in his hatred and abhorrence of lying. He's passionate in his love of God's word. And he's passionate in his praise of God's wonderful judgments that are totally, completely righteous. So what we see here is his hatred and abhorring of lying. He detests sin. The idea of the word hate is to be against the enemy. I hate that which is coming against us. And I abhor. It has the idea of it's an abomination. It's an abhorrent. It's a strong detesting. He said, I hate those that are falsely. Their words are meaningless. Their words are falsehoods. They're lies. They're total fabrications. Oh, but that's not who you are. Thy law do I love. It is truth. Your word is absolutely, totally, completely true. And I love your law. I'm in love with the word of God. I'm absolutely in love with who you are. I absolutely hate. I have a passion against the deceitfulness where they lie about your word. But I'm absolutely passionate about your word that never lies, that always tells the truth. And I'm passionate about praising you. So seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments that you are totally right all the time and when you judge it is because you have all the facts and your word judges me and I see it and I know it I understand it now I'm going to look at this word seven and literally he's saying I praise thee seven times a day but I believe the number also because it's the number of perfection reminds us that we should praise him in a complete way the number seven does completeness and perfection be as complete in your praising as you can. Praise him often. The idea of this is the timing is, well, morning, noon, and night will I praise you? That's nice. The psalmist here said, no, I do it seven times a day. I'm going to praise multiplicity of times. The idea I believe in this is not to just limit yourself to seven times, but to praise in a complete manner, meaning praise every time you think about praising him. Now, I have learned some things since I have been diagnosed with the disease that I have, a terminal illness. And one of the things that I've learned is that the medication has strong side effects, that chemotherapy leaves things, in, and it's different different people and how severe the side effects are. And uh, there are several things that occur. Sometimes there are uh, stomach cramps. Sometimes uh, it, there are issues in other things like a headache or where my bones have broken. Uh, there's sharp pain, especially when the steroid wears off that they put me on. There's also the fact that this particular medication and the disease cause you to be extremely fatigued but unable to sleep. So you have all these side effects. And what I've found is there'll be a night when I will sleep better. There'll be a night when for some reason I will get three or four hours in a row before I wake up and am awake for a long period of time. And I find myself saying, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for letting me. But I never did that before when I was sleeping all the time. I never thought to praise him for giving me the ability to sleep every night. And these other side effects, when they don't occur, 
when I get up in the morning and my stomach's not sick or I get up in the morning and I don't have the issues with the back or the neck hey and I thank him and praise him for that I, I don't think about that back when I didn't have the issues I just thank you Lord praise you that my back has been going good all these years that I had a great day with no problems. That stuff never entered my mind because it was just normal. And you know what the things that I think about now as I'm talking about this? Thank you, Lord, I'm still breathing. Every single second I'm breathing. I need to remind myself to praise him because he is the one that allows me the breath. And I do it because of his righteous judgments. I do it because he's just. I do it because what he has decreed in his word what he has regulated in his word and what he has judged to be so is absolute truth. I law do I love, and I'm going to praise you. I'm going to completely praise you, and I'm going to praise you often. So I do it for seven days. Now, I want you to see this progression because he's persecuted, but he's praising in verse 162 and 164. He's passionate in 163 and 164 against the lying things against God and he is passionate in the love of his love for the Lord and his love for praising God a lot in a complete manner therefore he is peaceful look at this great peace verse 165 says not peace great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them wow what a verse what a powerful statement when people go around say i've been offended i've been offended you know what that tells me based on this you do not love his laws and his word because if you were in the word and loved his law and word like it is nothing would offend you you would have great peace to handle all the things that people throw at you and the idea of nothing shall offend them nothing shall be like a stumbling block nothing shall cause you to trip up you will not be tripped up or stumbled upon you will not be brought down because of what people do nothing that people say do act enact will help will bring you down because you are looking at this persecution through the lens of praising God at his word that he gave you what you need to keep on keeping on and that you hate and abhor what they are saying that is a lie and not truth but absolutely love beyond that the passionate part of God's law you love his word with all your heart and so you continue to praise him with a passionate praise seven times a day and you have great peace because you love their law you have great peace do you have that great peace today that peace of God that passes all understanding, that peace that only God can give, the peace of God that will guide you in the hard times of life. Boy, I tell you, in the midst of uh, persecution, in the midst of all that, to have peace. What the songwriters say? There's peace in the midst of the storm-tossed life. There is peace in the midst of the valley there is peace in the midst of the turbulence there's peace in the midst of the tribulation there is a in the middle of the storm when you think of a hurricane is the eye and in that part the winds are calm all around it it is bad but right there everything is calm and do you know what happens you get outside of that eye and you end up in a Eurocladon of a storm but in that eye, you are in the calm. 
And I'm here to tell you, with all the storms raging around you, stay in the center of God's will, right there in the I. And for us, the I is the I am. He's the I am of our storm. And he will give you peace, peace that you never dreamed possible, peace that passes all understanding. And thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I thank God for the peace of God. Listen, I, the, I'm glad I have peace with God. I got saved. I got peace with God. Everything's reconciled. But that peace of God that comes into my life, you can have that if you will just remind yourself that you need to give up all the worry, turn it over to him. And he said, if you'll have that, you love me and you love my law, you love what I say, you'll get great peace from all this and not a thing will cause you to stumble. Not one thing will cause you to stumble. I love it when Jesus was talking with his disciples and he was fixing to go to the cross and he had had that upper room discourse and he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. It's not like the world's peace. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said, yep, I'm persecuted, but I'm praising. I'm persecuted, but I'm passionate. I'm persecuted, but I'm peaceful. And in verse 166, I'm persecuted, but I'm patient. He said, Lord, I have hoped. What's our word hope? Our patient confident expectation. I have hope for thy salvation, thy deliverance. I know I will be delivered and done thy commandments. I have hope for thy salvation and I've done your commandments. I'm being obedient. I am patiently waiting for all this while I am actively doing your commandments. So we must do the will of God while we patiently, expectantly, and confidently wait for that which he has said will be accomplished in his timetable. And we'll never get that far if we're not praising and passionate and get that peace in our mind, in our heart, in our soul. Then we'll get, you, you won't be patient if you're not uh, peaceful. If you're turbulent, you won't do that. But boy, if you are rejoicing, you're praising, and you are passionate about his word, and you're going to keep it no matter what and do what it says and be obedient to that word, guess what? You can have not only the peace of God, but you can have the kind of patience that you need. And I tell you, patience uh, is a virtue, and I'm glad to know that uh, some people can do it, but some it's kind of hard sometimes to have just total, complete, uh, awesome, wonderful patience. Sometimes it gets uh, difficult. And so that then takes us to verse uh, 167 in the first part of 168, where we see not only is he been, uh, patient, but he has been protected. He's protective. He's going to protect some things. Watch this. My soul hath kept, put a guard around. Okay? He's protecting. He's guarding. My soul internally, who I am, internally as a child of God has protected guarded kept thy testimonies I've kept the record straight 
I'm not giving a record of my own. I'm giving your record. I'm giving your witness. I'm giving your evidences in your word. He said, and I have done everything to put those in my heart, and I am protecting them and keeping them there and not pushing them aside. And he said, I love them exceedingly. I love those testimonies. I love your record. I love the written record and the truthfulness of your record. I love the evidence, and I'm glad that faith is the evidence of things not seen. And I just don't love them, Lord. I love them exceedingly, far above, of greaterness, way up there. He said, I have a, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being protective of some things. And one of those things that I'm being protective of is I am protecting your testimonies. But he said, not only that, I have also kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. The principles that I've learned from the evidence of your word that I put into practice in my entire life, that I have taken what the word of God says and I made precepts out of those words. And the Bible says line upon line, precept upon precept, principle upon principle. God teaches in principles. And we put that principle in our eyes. When he talks about that, no idols before me, there's a principle that you look at. Is there anything that I'm doing that's above God? If it's above God, though it may not be made with hands and set up on a shelf to be worshipped, it has become something that has become an idol because it took the place of God. He said, and I have put a guard. I am protective around those precepts because I don't want to get away from the word of God and the principles and living right so that my principles, as I take and apply the word of God to every single phase of my life, causes my life to be totally and completely in tune with you. So I have put a guard around them. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. And then the last part of verse 168, for all my ways are before thee. We see that the psalmist was persecuted, and he decided to turn it into praising. He was passionate. He was peaceful. He was patient. He was protective, and he was on the right path for all my ways the road of life the pathway that I'm on are before thee you are looking at everything and where I'm at on this road of life you are aware of where I'm at it's all before you where I'm walking is right there in front of you remind yourself he knows where you're at he knows where you're at in the road he knows what road you're on where you are at in that road and he said I pondered the path of my feet. I pondered the path of my feet. And this next to the last section, uh, he just gives a lot of declarations of encouragement as we look at this and see. You may be persecuted, but you can be praising, passionate, and peaceful. You can be absolutely protective by putting a guard around that word, and you can ponder the path of your feet and stay on the right path and the right road, going the right way in the right timing with the right attitude. And one day hear the great words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Father, what an incredible section. Help us to turn our praise into complete and total praise for that patience and the peace that passes all understanding and keeps us from being offended 
and falling apart through the stumbling blocks of life. In your name we pray, amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an absolutely wonderful and awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.